0: I know that uh, I've been, well, I've been thinking about the fact that this whole um, meeting uh, was uh, motivated by the fact that uh, we desire revival, and I've heard over the many months that I've been able to be with you, uh, many pray in, in that regard that uh, Lord send us revival, and that is the real, I think, again, uh, foundation and motivation for us gathering, and that's a good thing. And uh, it prompted me to go back and to review uh, a couple of chapters in a classic book. And I know many of you may be familiar with it, uh, but it is the book by R.A. Torrey, uh, How to Pray. Uh, If you haven't read that or don't have it, I would commend that to you. Or, uh, like myself, go back and uh, review or read it again. And there's a couple of chapters in here that are, I think, very pertinent to uh, this meeting and so I want to share some things with, uh, with you from uh, one of the chapters, and we'll see how far we can get. I know that we're, we're a little bit uh, constrained by time uh, because we do want to pray, and that's fine. We'll, we'll come back to it as we have opportunity. Uh, but the, the one chapter in here is entitled The Need of a General Revival, and uh, he uses two texts from the Psalms. And so I want to share those as we uh, begin here. Uh, Psalm 85, Psalm 85, if you're following along in your scripture, Psalm 85. And uh, there's a couple of verses here in this particular Psalm. And uh, in fact, both of these texts that I'm going to use here are are very direct um, prayers um, asking God for revival. In Psalm 85, verse 6, uh, the psalmist is, is pleading with God and he asks the question, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. And then if you flip over to Psalm 119 in, in this wonderful, uh, psalm, which is, uh, actually an extended prayer, um, and in verse 126, the psalmist here is even more direct with the Lord and asking for his help. And he says in verse 126, It is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. And so, again, that is essentially the psalmist once again. Um, as on many occasions, asking the Lord for help in the current status of the world and the situation at the time. And so um, so there has always been the need uh, for revival. There's always been people praying for revival. And so I want to just say again, I rejoice. I, I, I commend all of uh, uh, my brothers and sisters here for this, this um this, this occasion where we come together and pray for it, it's, it's needed. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's something that, that, uh, we desire and we should continue and persevere, uh, in asking the Lord for it. And I hope that we will not grow weary, uh, in well doing in that regard. Well, Tori, uh, by the way, I want you to keep in mind as I share some of these things with you that Tori wrote this work. In the year 1900 and so this is hundred and twenty three years old but I think as I share some things I think some of you may be surprised at how up-to-date uh, and relevant uh, many of his points really are um, and he was one again who who commended the the act of praying for revival he says in this chapter he says if we are to pray aright At such a time as this, much of our prayer should be for a general revival. And then he goes on to give a definition of it. And I'll read uh, an extended paragraph here as he defines it and he he begins to lay it out. He says, a revival is a time of quickening or impartation of life, as God alone can give life. A revival is a time when God visits his people by the power of his spirit and imparts uh, imparts new life to them and through them imparts life to sinners dead in trespasses and sins. We have religious excitements gotten up by the cunning methods of hypnotic influence or mere professional evangelists, but these are not revivals and are not needed. They are the devil's imitations of revival. New life from God, that is revival. A general revival is a time when this new life from God is not confined to scattered localities, but is general throughout Christendom and the earth. And so he basically divides this particular chapter into two main sections. And the first is the need of revival. And then the second is the result of revival. And so, again, with time constraints, I want to start with this first one. And this is the need of revival. And again, I know that we all here know that we need revival but again, I wanted to to maybe go back, review, lay this out in in specifics as as Tory does hundred and twenty three years ago, and he focuses in on three main areas: the uh, ministers, preachers themselves, the church, and the world and so he he talks about the need of revival and in, in the state of ministers, and again, Tory is pretty pointed. In, in much of his language here, and he he actually addresses that and says, hey, I know that I'm I'm being very pointed here. I'm not a pessimist, but this is needed for us to think about. And so what does he say? He says, number one, ministers or many ministers are practically infidels. Those are his words. And here's one of his quotes. He says, our future ministers oftentimes are being educated under infidel professors. And being immature boys, when they enter college or seminary, they naturally come out infidels in many cases and then go forth to poison the church. Wow. Um, That sounds pretty up to date, doesn't it, Uh, as far as the state of colleges and seminaries are in our nation. Um, And again, you can trace uh, things back even to the colonial era in our country. Uh, where they had, they had a real time with uh, unconverted uh, ministers who were filling the pulpits, uh, even in the colonial days. Um, so there's, there's always been need of revival no matter what era we're in. And uh, then he says, number two, ministers are often not men of prayer. Um, and I would think that that's an accurate thing. Many times it's hard even, believe it or not, and, and, and I say this to our shame. That sometimes it's actually hard to get preachers together for prayer meetings, uh, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, and and um, again, remember he's writing this 123 years ago. Many ministers lack a love of souls, and um, again, he's painting with a broad brush, but I think I think he's very accurate. You know, and I I thought you know many many ministers, not all, because there's some good, very good, faithful, consistent wonderful men who who are serving as pastors, but I think if we look at it as a whole, we would have to agree with him. And there are many who are not focused on these important specific things, but rather they're focused on the three deadly bees of ministry, which are building bodies and bucks. And those, those things are, are detrimental uh, to the ministry when we should be simplifying it. It, sh- it should be prayer. It should be Souls. It should be the 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 um, the uh, giving out of God's word and preaching it. Well, what about the state of the church? That's the next thing he says, which indicates the need of revival. He said he talks first of all about the need because of the doctrinal state of the church. How true is that in our day? He goes on to say this again. When did he write it? But it sounds like he could have written it last week. He says, many do not believe the whole Bible. The book of Genesis, for many, is a myth. Jonah is an allegory, and even the miracles of the Son of God are questioned. The doctrine of prayer is old-fashioned, and the work of the Holy Spirit is sneered at. Conversion is unnecessary, and hell is no longer believed in. Then look at the fads and errors that have sprung up out of this loss of faith. Christian science, Unitarianism, Spiritualism, Universalism metaphysical healing, and so on. A perfect pandemonium of the doctrine of devils. Wow, that's amazing. And again, it sounds like he could have written that last week. And then he talks about not only the, the doctrinal state of the church, um, and by the way, that's what we're supposed to be preaching and learning. Every time Paul tells Timothy to preach, he, always, he says, preach what? Sound doctrine. And we should not tire of that. Um, But what about the spiritual state of the church? He mentions four things. He says the spiritual state of the church is in need of revival because of worldliness, prayerlessness, neglect of the word, and disregard of the Lord's day. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Again, it sounds so up to date. Well, I'm hurrying through this, but then he talks about the state of the world at, at large. What about it indicates that we need revival? Well, there's lack of conversions, the lack of conviction of sin, and we are certainly witnessing that in our own nation, uh, rampant unbelief, and infidelity, and immorality. And so, again, these three things, I know have gone over a lot of material here this morning or this afternoon, but this is why we need revival. And I'll end with this. Um, and this is quite a a a statement, a very pointed statement, and I hope that we'll understand what Tory is saying in context. He says, many a church that is praying for revival does not really desire a revival; they think they do for their minds for uh, for to their minds a revival means an increase of membership, an increase of income, an increase of reputation among churches. But if they knew what a revival really meant, what a searching of hearts on the part of professed Christians would be involved, what a radical transformation of individual, domestic, and social life would be brought about, and many other things that would come to pass if the Spirit was poured out in, in, the, in reality and power. If this were known, the real cry of the church would possibly be, Oh, God, keep us from having revival. But when we do come to the place where we really desire the conversion of friends at any cost, really desire the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, whatever it may involve, God is going to hear. And so, again, I think this is a good review for us. And uh, as we pray for revival, I hope, and I say this to myself, I hope that we really understand. And so let's continue. I want to encourage us, let's continue to pray for revival, for I'm sure that no matter where we are in the the countries that are represented here, we are certainly in need of it. And may God add his blessing to the reading and studying of his word today.